Welcome to the Grow People podcast. It is episode 12. Uh, that is Pastor Jason. Is it episode 12? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> I'm just here. That is Pastor yeah. Jason, lead pastor. It's Revolution. season two. I know that. Yeah. <laughs> My name is David Stein, and the purpose of the Grow People podcast is to grow people. We are actually recording this on day two of the 21 days of prayer and fasting. Yes, we are. Yeah. I was thinking maybe we should have done this last week in anticipation of the fast, but I'm actually, probably feeling, I'm actually feeling pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. So... Two things. If uh, anything we say that it's rambling and it doesn't make sense, it's because, yeah, we haven't, we're fasting. Yes. And then two, I'm still recovering from whatever sickness I had. You don't sound good. Yeah, it's weird. You know, I listened to the last podcast and I was super nasally um, because I was recovering then. And then a week later or five days later, I got something else, some other sickness. I don't know, some kind of infection. So, yeah, I hope in the next podcast I don't sound as nasally. Well, um, well, you uh, you always you always bring a, a great word in the podcast, regarding uh, regardless of your nasal sounding. I don't know. Yeah, thank you. I don't know if I always <laughs> do, but speaking of bringing a great word, you did. You had to step in last week, or you got to. Got I got I got, the, got call, to. got the call in the bullpen. Brought in the left hander. That's right. Yeah, that's right. I forget <laughs> you're the lefty. Yeah. Oh, and and, and I. Th- you you always have this. Hey, you know, I'm I'm sorry to call you on a Wednesday. <laughs> You're preaching tomorrow night. Yeah, but it's all good. It's uh, that's when we rely on the Holy Spirit. Absolutely. Uh, I would rather have. I would <laughs> rather not have three weeks to prepare. Yeah, it's kind of funny. And sorry if I'm I'm coughing off mic here. Um, that was why you filled in because I literally, I mean, energy wise, I was all right, but. I, you know, I couldn't, I was so congested and coughing. I knew I just couldn't speak. So yeah, it is, it's kind of one of those funny things where, um, yeah, if you have three weeks to prepare for something, you know, you go over it, you know, you spend mm-hmm. so much time, but I think we're all kind of used to cramming, you know, from yeah. our school days and yeah, you stepped in Wednesday, did a great job. And, um, you know, we talked through that. So it's, um, yeah, I, I, sometimes I would rather only have a day or two to work on something. Yeah, um, and maybe that's a some, that's a groove I need to get out of, you know, <laughs> or well, a rut, as you said well, in a message. That's it, a rut. It it might be a, a somewhere between a groove and a rut. You know, on either side of the roads, there's there's a ditch. It's a rut. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but you know, thirty four years in broadcasting, you don't have three weeks to prepare. That's true. You, you have three yeah. minutes to prepare. Sometimes, sometimes three seconds. Yeah. Uh, so uh, I've always been that turn the term paper in uh, the night before. Yeah. 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 Which uh, I'm going back to school um, to get my doctorate, and I had my first meeting last week, and which is pretty cool. Yeah, I'm super excited about it. I love learning, and uh, this one is you know specifically designed for pastors, so I'm super excited about it. Um, but yeah, going over the syllabus and stuff and reading and writing all the things I got to do, but everything has to be turned in according to Central Time Zone, which oh. you know is what I grew up in mm-hmm. um, and is the best time zone in my opinion. But now you know I'm in the Eastern Time Zone, and so it's like I don't really have an extra. You know, it's like oh, I got an extra hour to do something. Um, which technically I do, but not really, but it's funny in our, um, in the platform we're using, which is Schoology, which a lot of my kids use for their school, it says on there what the timestamp is in central time so that you'll know, like, mm-hmm. cause it's 
things are due by midnight, you know, by this time. Um, so anyway, just saying that I'm, I'm going to have to learn how to cram and cram with a different time zone. And, and, I, and I guess Mia can't eat your homework. Who? Mia, your dog. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I know who you're referring to, but how you say things. We were discussing prior to this about forehead and how, how'd you say it? Farhead. Farhead. <laughs> there was a shadow on his forehead. And so <laughs> I didn't, I didn't know I mispronounced it correctly. Uh, you mispronounced it correctly? That's what I said. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. See what we're doing here? I see what you did there. Yeah. yeah. No caffeine. It's going to be, it, this could either be a really edgy podcast or a completely muddled uh, podcast. We're, we're not really sure. Yeah. Uh, I'm day, edgy. Day, day two uh, of the fast. Um, it feels different. I think this fast feels different, uh, not just personally, but for, for the church. Why is that? Why do you think that? I, I think we're, we're ready. You know, coming out of 2020, uh, we were all still PTSD, mm. and everybody's st- system was still pressurized, and and the fast almost wasn't a reset. It was a um, let let's go into this and just see how it goes. This year, I think after two years of COVID, mm. the exhaustion of just being inundated with information, yeah. most of which was incorrect and. If it was correct, it was changed the next day. Yeah. Getting to this point and you calling the church to a full-on social media fast, not just posting, but also scrolling. Yeah. It it feels like we're coming out of a a ditch. Or I'm sorry, we're coming out of a hole and we're yeah. we're we're moving slowly onto ground and gaining our feet. Hmm, that's good. No, and a ditch works too, based upon, you know, either yeah. side of the road is a ditch. Right. Yeah. So it's like, no, and I, I, I'm glad you said that. Cause that's why I asked. I wanted to genuinely know what you thought mm-hmm. about it. Um, because yeah, it does feel a little different to me too. Um, and yeah, I think that that's a pretty good summation of it is, you know, we've been doing this for, I don't know, five years now, a, a while. And each year, you know, has a different kind of focus, you know, um, or things we're talking about or, you know, kind of theme for the year or whatever. Um, but yeah, last year was more, um, not that it was thrown together from our standpoint, but it definitely didn't feel as strategic, you know, to where I think this time it does. It, uh, last year was almost triage. Yeah. That's a and, good way and, to say and, it. And this is finely tuned microsurgery. Yeah. Like a preventative more, yes. more so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. And, and, and one of the things I, that we talked about and, and I said in the message two weeks ago was, yeah, in the past, we've just kind of left it open ended like, Hey, fast from something mm-hmm. like the challenge wasn't there as much. Right. Um, well, I'm, I mean, the challenge was there, but I wasn't as clear. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was one thing that we talked about this year to say, Hey, we're going to call people to a greater level of fasting. We've done this enough. Those who have been around our church. Um, because one hand, you know, I would have conversations with people, great people that were like, oh yeah, I'm just fasting from social media and there was no food component. Mm-hmm. And that just kind of bothered me, uh, kind of bugged me. It's like, well, yeah, I mean, then it, you're, you're kind of missing out on a, on a component. You know, you're, I mean, biblically speaking, fasting is about food. I mean, that's just what it's about, you know? So the idea of fasting from something that's not food is, wasn't necessarily not anti-biblical, but just right. not as, 
I mean, biblically speaking, fasting is from food. So that was one side where people weren't fasting from food. And then the other side, people were fasting like a little bit from something from like one specific thing, like sugar or something. And yeah, but they weren't fasting at all from social media. Right. You know? So in thinking about it leading up to it, I remember I was having a conversation with Lindsay um, and said, I, th- I think this year I want to challenge people to do both. Mm-hmm. Like let's just be incredibly clear yeah. on, I want people to fast from social media completely and something from food, not either or. Um, because the food component, you know, is more of a, of a heart thing, mm-hmm. you know, like again, that's biblically speaking. And the social media was more of a head thing, like just clearing your mind, you know? So it's like not eating food allows me to focus in, you know, like I'm feasting on different food. Like Jesus said, you know, food that's that, that literally is the word of God, but it's like, it's hard to fast on food if I'm still filling my mind with social media. Right. So it just felt better mm-hmm. and more strategic. Yeah. in that way, and so I am looking forward to this one because I hope people, and we'll talk about this in the next podcast, coming out of this season, we want people to live differently because of this season. Mm-hmm. And so hopefully there's changes that are going to be made afterwards, you know, after this 21 days where they don't engage with food or social media the same way that they right. did before. Yeah. Yeah. And and it's, it's a product of just the amount of distractions we have. Oh yeah. And how important it is to it's not like like you said in in biblical times, you know, the church at Ephesus wasn't going to fast from reading Paul's letters. I'm not going to read Paul's letters for 21 yeah. days. Yeah. So so they they didn't have those things. Yeah, it was just a different world. And so I I do, I do think this is kind of a uh a more strategic kind of targeted approach to our culture. Um I mean food is still, you know, a big issue. You know, again, just from all of us want to lose weight and all of us want to be healthier, you know, so that's, that hasn't gone away, you know, and I don't think it'll ever go away in humanity, but fasting from social media yeah, is a unique thing. That's, that's true of the 21st century Mm -hmm. that we need to also fast from for spiritual reasons, because developing these spiritual disciplines um, of quiet and solitude and those kinds of things are are the grooves that we've been talking about to help people really grow in their life. Like you said, you know, what did, what was the point that you made? Like you, you don't, you can, you get stuck in a rut, stuck in a rut, but you grow, grow in, in a groove, in a groove. There it is. That was great alliteration, by the way. I was uh, proud. Yeah. Well, nobody else in the, in the crowds thought it was, well, you just, you only spoke to, you only spoke to Thursday night, uh, which if you're a Thursday nighter, um, two things. One, uh, we're starting Rev Kids. Yes. This week. Hallelujah. And two, it's all right to get a little rowdy. Yes. On Thursday nights. Yes. So if you come on Thursday nights, it's all right to talk. Yeah. When we want you to and laugh and have fun with it. Yeah, I thought Thursday nights were, were going to be a little more rambunctious because people have been up all day. They're yeah. they're not just rolling out of bed and throwing the kids in the car. Uh, but they're tired from a long day. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> it's the flip side. But it, it, it was fun. Um, <coughs> and, and and really talking through uh, the message. And then what you shared in our prayer time as a staff earlier this morning, um, and I don't know if I said this on Thursday night, but the the long scrolling on social media creates so much anxiety. 
Yeah, it's amazing all the studies that they've done. Uh, and I say they, you know, just people who study these things, not just believers, but social scientists, um, have seen, you know, every, anxiety is everywhere. And before, you know, especially in the church, we didn't talk much about mental health, you know, depression. And mm-hmm. we always saw that, um, not we, but a lot of times the church saw that as you're somehow, something's wrong with you right. in your faith, mm-hmm. you know, like you don't believe God enough. And thankfully, science has come a long way to help mm-hmm. us understand, no, there can't actually be things wrong with your brain, right. you know, chemicals. And and so there are there are things that are... Um, can be wrong with someone mentally that, that stem, you know, lead to depression, anxiety, and those kinds right. of things. So I'm not, we're not discounting that, but at the same time as brain science has developed and we know that what, what they've also studied is the things that make us more anxious and being on social media, just create, I mean, again, they have found a correlation to where it's becomes undeniable mm-hmm because our brains just aren't meant to take in that much information. Yeah. That's the thing our, that much input in, um, because, you know, again, those of us that are, I don't know what, you know, there's gen X and gen Z and all that stuff. Um, and I don't discount it, but generations like myself and yourself who we grew up, we remember life before that, mm-hmm. you know, we remember, I remember when I got a computer. I remember when I got a cell phone. You know, we remember all those things. And so back then, we remember what it was like to just get local news, just get local. Yeah. It was very localized, mm-hmm. you know. And, of course, you know, at night you might get some national news and that kind of stuff. Um, but it was still very limited. But now we live in the world where it's the world 24-7. Mm-hmm. And so our brains just can't process that. And – um, it literally just, I mean, it's like anything. If you, uh, it's like the movie monsters Inc, you know, the, where they would try to scare people and then the electricity would flow in and then they realized laughter was so much more, you know, powerful. But when they first realized that it was so much of a surge of electricity, the light bulbs blew. Mm. Well, that's what happens to our brains. Yeah. Wow. You know, there's mm-hmm. so much surge yep. of information. Our brains blow. Yeah. You know, no, that's funny. You, you bring that up. I had, uh, obviously if you saw the message, it was recorded on Thursday night and I had taken my social media apps off my phone, uh, a week ago Sunday when you mentioned it yeah. in, in the sermon. So over the weekend watching local news to find out what was happening with the weather yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and having to, and having to endure yeah. the quality of local news yeah. in the fourth largest market in the country. Um, I was, I was surprised. Because uh, you did, weren't watching it anymore. I wasn't watching it anymore, yeah. and I have no reason to watch it again. Yeah. <laughs> you didn't take the weather app off your phone, did you? No, no. Okay. Weather, weather app's on my phone, but, okay. I, but I needed some Brad Nitz to, to okay. find out you know, what was going on. Is he a meteorologist? He is. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And even that, again, yeah, like growing up, you know, our local media, of course, I lived in a smaller town, but, but Atlanta still, I mean, we have certain meteorologists that everybody knows. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, growing up, we knew those dudes and we right. listened to them. Oh, yeah. They were like, you know, they were celebrities. They were celeb. They were staples in our community. Yeah. But now it's not. That's not. I don't even know who the weather guys are. Yeah, you know, because yeah, we get it from a thousand sources mm-hmm. from people. Um, and in some way, again, the internet is 
has made things more accessible, which is great. So again, we're not downing technology, but it's, it's leveraging technology for the sake of our own growth. Um, so yeah, I think this is a time where it's good for us to evaluate, you know, Hey, let me take this out of my life. You know, it's like if you're doing some type of allergy test, you know, if, if something is making you allergic, why would you not remove it? Right. You know? Yeah. Um, Great analogy. Yeah. I just thought of it. Um, maybe this whole fa- podcast on a fasting thing is, is good. Um, but yeah, it's like we have so many people that are getting so allergic from social media mm-hmm. and from these voices, yes. you know, that are speaking into their mm-hmm. lives all the time and, and it's creating inflammation, oh. you know, in their yeah. minds yes. and in their life, yep. anxiety. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, why would we not take that away? Yeah. Why would we not learn how to limit ourselves from that? And it's, it's even brought up uh, for me and, and maybe for other people listening, the addiction yeah, the addiction of it. Um, I I think it's a it's twofold. It's the hit of adrenaline of scrolling mm-hmm. that you get, uh, and it's also I'm addicted to being in the know. Being yeah. in the being in the media for 34 years, I like news. I like yeah. I like to know what's going hey, on. Hey, is there bad weather in the Midwest? I'm I'm all over it. Mm-hmm. it. Did something happen in sports where somebody broke a record? I'm all over it. I, I don't get into politics at all, um, but. But a lot of the other things, I, I want to know, hey, a, a plane went down in Jakarta. I, I, yeah. I want to read about that. Yeah, It's this addiction to being in the know, and, and not that I'm going to share that with anybody. I just want to know what's going on. And that creates anxiety. Yeah, it does. But it's interesting. You just said it's not to share, and I'm not trying to self-diagnose you because I'm not a therapist. Um, but Go ahead. I, I would say <laughs> doctors in. It, it actually <laughs> is more, though, for you to know. Um and share. But, and the point is, is like, as human beings, we don't want a conversation to be had and we don't know what to say. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't want to know. So a lot of times knowing what's going on in the world through social media, whatever's trending or hashtags and you know, all that stuff. It's like, we don't want to be in a conversation where somebody's talking about that and we don't know what they're talking about. Mm-hmm. So I would say, even though I'm, I'm not disagreeing with you, right. but I would say there is an element though. Good point. Yeah. That that is why we want to know. Right. I mean, and I'm saying that for myself, like I do want to know, yeah, cause I wasn't really that involved in politics and I'm still not, you know, in a, beyond my own civic duty and get engagement, but it was the 2016 election that for the first time in my life and partly cause I was getting older, you know, I started really paying attention to it. And cause that was a very obviously contentious election mm-hmm. and you? yeah, <laughs> for those who don't know, um, <laughs> and I realized, Oh, this is going to affect my leadership mm. now, you know, in the, so if I'm unaware of these things, right. um, then it's going to affect my ability to lead people. So that's how I started. But then it very quickly becomes, Yeah. I don't want to be unaware so I can lead people to, I want to be unaware because I want to be seen as a leader. Mm. You see what I'm saying? That's a, that's a nuance, but it's Mm -hmm. a, it's a big difference of like, if I'm doing it so I can lead people, that's okay. But if I'm doing it because I want people to see me as a leader, Mm. then that is selfish. Mm. Get it. Um, And that is, that's kind of what I'm getting at Mm -hmm. is like, I think all of us have to be careful. Like, why do I really want to know all this? Sure. Um, 
is it helpful to the people I lead? Is that helpful? Do I need to know this for the sake of my family or do I need to know this to impress people mm-hmm. or for them to see that, Oh, I can have a conversation about stocks or politics or baseball and not seem aloof, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. This, this next thing comes under the, uh, either side of a road's a ditch. Uh, I don't know if we talked, I don't think we talked about this on the podcast, but somebody posted on Twitter before I took it off my phone <laughs> uh, that he had uh, a a craftsman come over to his house to fix something. Mm-hmm. And the guy was Amish. Uh, not the guy who posted, yeah. but the craftsman. And I think that was pretty obvious in the story. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so the uh, the guy is engaging in conversation with the Amish dude. And he says, hey, so... Um, what do the Amish think about COVID? I mean, have you gotten shots? And the Amish guy looked at him and said, what do you mean? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so he had been so devoid of media yeah, that it wasn't even a factor. It wasn't even a factor. I- imagine the, the void of anxiety in that house. Oh yeah. Because they're living their life. Mm-hmm. You know, they're the, wh- whatever you think about Amish people, or their culture, whether you think it's crazy or you think it's amazing. Um, what you can at least have to say about them is they're faithful, mm-hmm. you know, and you know, they made a decision to disengage from culture, um, which many believers throughout the centuries have done. Um, and yeah, I, I would imagine that their family life, their home life, you know, with the exception of those, whatever those TV shows are about the Amish mafia, which I've never seen, but um, I grew up with the Amish in in Pennsylvania. Yeah, you did. But yeah, there's something about that. That is like, it it is admirable because, you know, I'm sure they're, they are again, taking more of that rifling approach. Mm -hmm. You know, they are more single fied than we are um, because they have figured out how to live in this world uh, in a way that is more purposeful. Yeah. And so therefore naturally they're going to be more faithful mm-hmm. in, in some ways. Well, let's get, let's get into that rifling. Let's get into that single fying our lives through the spiritual disciplines of prayer and fasting. Those are just two of the many spiritual disciplines. And when we, when we choose to, uh, to engage with the spiritual disciplines, it can only help put us into those grooves. Yeah. I think when, you know, we've been talking a lot about grooves over the last several weeks and grooves is just kind of our way of, of talking about, or, you know, by definition, a groove is a spiritual discipline, basically what I'm trying to say. So it's just another way of saying it. And we were using the analogy of grooves and rifling, you know, how it, a groove, you know, stabilizes a a projectile and, and makes it, you know, able, makes it more accurate. Um, and so when we're talking about grooves, not just goals, um, the the act of creating grooves in our lives is the act of developing spiritual disciplines. Um, but spiritual disciplines, um, for me, especially as a young believer, and some and to some degrees even now, even though I've been walking with the Lord for three decades, seems so daunting. Mm-hmm. You know, seems so overwhelming. It's like we think everybody else is so much more spiritual than me. Um, I don't have a quiet time. I don't have, you know, I'm not doing those things. And so from my early days of walking with Jesus, um, I have wrestled with the, because at the end of the day, spiritual disciplines are just about being disciplined, mm-hmm. you know, 
And one of the guys that helped me so much, and this is what, you know, we wanted to talk about in this whole process of spiritual disciplines was Dallas Willard, who I've mentioned him many times in sermons, but it was a philosopher who worked at, I, I amazingly worked at USC, you know, Southern California University. And um, one of the foremost theologians, you know, of his day, um, anybody with any type of, you know, credibility has been influenced by Dallas Willard. Um, but how he talked about spiritual disciplines was so life-giving to me, was so freeing to me, because before I thought of about them as something that that I must do, you know, that if God doesn't, if I don't do them, God's mad at me. You know, we've talked about this before, sure. checklist things. Um, but his definition, and we've got it here, you know, he talked about, I'll, I'll just give you what he said. You know, both of us have this paper. Um, but he said, disciplines are activities within our power that enable us to accomplish what we cannot do by direct effort. Um, and, and his point was spiritual disciplines in and of themselves aren't the point. Doing a spiritual discipline like fasting, like praying, reading our Bible, whatever it is, God isn't telling us to do those things because those things are the point. He's telling us to do those things because by doing those things, that enables us to do what we can't do, which is the point. So the analogy he used, and I've used often, is like um, speaking a foreign language. You know, I cannot speak a foreign language by direct effort, uh, which, you know, people always think, oh, I can speak Spanish, and then they just speak English louder, you know, or they speak Spanglish. You know, they got a little, they, they roll their R's, but it's still English words. Um, you know, we see that a lot, obviously, as our culture um, as more Spanish speaking people, um, become a part of our culture. So spiritual disciplines work like that to where I can't learn Spanish just by trying harder, uh, to learn, to speak it. Um, well, spiritual disciplines are the same way. Um, I, I'm not going to learn how to walk with God just by trying harder to do something. Um, what spiritual disciplines do is when I do them, they enable me to do things I can't do mm. because by doing those things, more grace comes to me. Mm -hmm. And that's where it was so transformative to me. It's like, oh, God doesn't want me to read my Bible because he just wants me to read my Bible. Or God doesn't want me to pray just because he wants me to pray. But in praying, in reading my Bible, I receive grace. It's a means of grace mm -hmm. to me um, by which the Holy Spirit comes to me and fills me. So again, if you think about like a, um, whether, you know, a, a pipe or a water hose or whatever, you know, let's just use a water hose. Like all of us have spigots in our house where water comes out. Well, reading my Bible is not, um, making the water come out. Reading my Bible is just simply hooking up the hose to the spigot and then praying is turning it on. Then that enables the water to come. Great analogy. You know, and I think as Christians, if we understood that, then our whole motivation changes because now I'm praying or I'm fasting because it enables me 
to receive from God in a way that I couldn't before. So my goal, as we talked about in this, at the, as I said, and you reinforced last week in the messages, our one single goal is to abide in Jesus. That's my goal. That's what I want to do. So abide in Jesus is hooking up, you know, to the, the water faucet. It's hooking up to the spigot. That's my goal. Well, how do I do that? I do that through grooves. I, I do that through connecting my life to God. Mm-hmm. And when I connect my life to God, I can do that. I can hook up the water hose. I can pray. Right. I, can re- I can do that. And then that enables what I can't do. Again, another analogy I use all the time, back when we used to do our newcomer dinners or welcome lunches, we've called them many things over the years, was lifting weights. Mm-hmm. You know, I can't grow muscle by direct effort. Right. Um, you know, I can flex a muscle, you know, those of you who are watching right now, even though you can't see it. Um, oh, it's there. It's there, It's baby. there, folks. All the muscle is there. It's just under the layers of fat. That's the problem. <laughs> we all have a six-pack. Uh, it's just underneath something. Um, but if I told you grow muscle, you can't do it. No. It's impossible. But what can you do? You can work out. Sorry, you can eat protein and then your body, you know, builds it back. So that's what spiritual disciplines are. They are doing what I can do, work out, to enable me to do what I can't do, which is grow. Um, I can't grow myself. Just like I can't grow muscle, I can't grow my heart. I can't grow my affections for Mm. Jesus. Mm. I can't grow my faith. I can't grow, I can't grow anything. You know, Paul said in 1 Corinthians 3 that he planted Apollos water, but God made it grow. Mm. What I can do is plant. What I can do is water, and God will grow it. So my job is not to grow my faith. My job is to do what I can do so that God can grow my faith, um, which that's what spiritual disciplines are. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why I love Dallas's, Dallas's insight on that. Yeah. Yeah. So if you're listening to this and you're already into the fast, one of the most important things to know is that, yes, we're taking something out of our lives. Yeah. But there is an equal and opposite reaction of putting something in. You can't just it, fasting from food and not spending time with God. That's called a diet. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> so yes. so let's talk about taking things out and putting things back in. Yeah. And Dallas, um, he kind of categorized. So again, spiritual disciplines are spiritual disciplines or grooves for our conversation are us doing things that we can do to enable what we can't do. And then Dallas had two categories of spiritual disciplines that he called, and we have it here, disciplines of abstinence, Mm -hmm. that's things going without, and then disciplines of engagement. So for example, fasting would be a discipline of abstinence. Mm -hmm. Fasting is, biblically speaking, and we've talked about it, 100% is about food. I'm, I'm abstaining, you know, disciplines of abstinence from eating. I can do that. Um, and then a discipline of engagement is, so one is taking away, like you said, the discipline of abstinence. And then the discipline of engagement is I'm not eating my earthly food, but I'm eating spiritual food, which is what Jesus you know, said to his disciples. I have food that you don't know about. 
and they were all like, well, who gave him chicken nuggets? You know, <laughs> who gave him that fish? Uh, what's the, the Galilean fish, the Peter's fish, what do they call it? St. Peter's fish. Yeah. St. Peter's fish. Who gave him that? And Jesus is like, nobody. Um, my food is the word of God, you know? Um, so those are, those are the two ways, uh, kind of two categories of things we can do. I can remove food. And for us, we're just saying 21 days and that comes out of Daniel and, you know, trying to develop, he did that for 21 days. He did a test when he was in Babylon, you know, he only, and there's things called the Daniel diet, but yeah, your point is right. The point is not, I'm going to get on the Daniel diet, but Daniel also prayed. Right. Like, like religiously, you know, he had specific times every day. And so he was, he was not eating the choice food from the King, but he was, he was spending time with the King of Jesus, you know? Yeah. So a, a practical application of that, and you may be in your car listening to this right now, and you're hungry. You're thinking about whatever you're fasting from. Yeah. Uh, take a moment, turn this off, and and just talk to God. Yeah. S- spend some spend some time with Him, and that that's something that early on in my fasting, I I, I was forgetting to do. Mm-hmm. I, I was I was thinking more of what I had taken out. Absolutely. And in those moments, even even if it's being in God's presence and saying, "Hey, I'm here and I'm hungry." but I'm more hungry for you. Yeah. And I think that's the point. And that's where a lot of us, again, get hung up is we're focusing on what we removed. And because again, another discipline, just like fasting is silence, you know, and solitude. Um, Silence is I'm removing all noise. I'm removing, you know, and then solitude is I'm removing all people, Mm -hmm. you know, so people and noises. So, I'm silent and I'm alone, you know, so that's the discipline of abstinence. We need that. And then in that silence, you listen to God, oh, you know, you listen yeah. to his word. Yeah. Then you speak, which is praying, mm-hmm. you know, but again, so many of us, and I was taught like, this is how we pray, but the praying never included silence. Mm. Um, so there's a two-step process. First, you have to remove, Mm -hmm. then engage. And I would say in that order, you know, um, there are things that we need to like Jeremiah, Jeremiah 110, 110, I believe it is where God told Jeremiah, I have called you, I've appointed you and you're going to tear down, uproot, destroy, you know, he says six things there and four of them are about removing and two of them are about replacing. Right. And one of our, you know, mentors has said that's why two thirds of discipleship is is removing those things. Mm-hmm. Is two thirds is uprooting things. Right. So the discipline of abstinence is, yeah, I'm removing noise. I'm removing people. I'm removing food. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm removing, you know, these things in my life right. that are so un- that need to be uprooted. Um, then I'm replacing them um, with the word mm-hmm. with, and we'll get into some of those other things. Um, but categorically, that's kind of the process. Yeah. No, you, you were talking about silence and solitude and I've shared this in a sermon before. That was the moment. If I had to look back, okay, what was your best fast? <laughs> what, was my, what was your personal best? Uh, it was uh, 2007 
the year after I became a believer, mm. I went on a silence and solitude fast mm. uh, to a cabin in central California yeah. in the woods. Yeah. Scary. Yeah. Very scary. And, um, and, and I, mean, I really thought there was going to be a bear and the bear, <gasps> bear was going to kill me or somebody's going to break into the cabin and axe yeah. murder me. One of those things. Yeah, exactly. And we always assume the worst. Yes. And, yeah. and I remember uh, going outside. It's it's four o'clock in the morning and mm. the, the silence was so loud yeah, inside this cabin. Yeah. Uh, every creak, every... I, I knew there was a guy with an axe. So, so I went outside and I'm standing... Uh, these are giant trees they're not redwoods uh, they're yeah. not sequoias no they might have been redwoods and and i was looking up and about an hour passed and it becomes daybreak and daybreak when the trees are that tall takes a long time for the, yeah, the daylight to come. to come down yeah and i was just sitting there and it was one of those times where i really felt the holy spirit say something mm. and it was all these things are mine Mm. I made all of this. I made you. Why are you afraid? Mm. And that was, it's never been duplicated. Yeah. <laughs> I've tried. Often imitated. It, it, it never is, duplicated. It's really tough to get away and have silence and solitude, but it is so powerful. So powerful. You made me think of a time, uh, it was a few years after I moved here from Texas and leading our church. And, you know, it was, I mean, leading a church is always, you know, very exhausting and, um, and leadership in general is because by definition, you're solving problems before people know they are problems. So you're always living. Mm. It's like you, you, whatever you just did, you can't rest on because right. you're thinking about the future, sure. you know? And so it was a couple of years I had been here and, um, it was great, but it was very exhausting. And so um, I went back to Arkansas where my dad is from and has a place there. It's where I go deer hunting. And I'll never forget that summer. Uh, one summer, I can't remember the year, even though I just said, I'll never forget, but I, I just went and I stayed there by myself. Um, Lindsay didn't go. The kids didn't go. Um, my mom and dad weren't there. And my mom would call me every day. She's like, what are you doing? And I literally would sit on the back porch in a chair and, stare at the woods for hours, just being completely quiet. Mm. Um, and then I would get on my dad's tractor and go mow, you know, I would just, mm -hmm. you know, do something very simple. And my mom kept, was like, are you okay? What's wrong? Cause that was very odd for me, mm -hmm. you know? And then I would get on the four wheel and just go ride through the woods yeah. and I would turn it off and just sit there and be quiet. Um, because at my life, that was the, that was the first time in my life where my, I felt so crowd, like all the responsibilities and everything, you know, um, was we were building a building, we were doing all these things. And so, um, yeah, it was so overwhelming that I just knew I got to get away. Mm -hmm. And now, um, I'm trying to be more proactive in doing it. So it's not like, so, um, it's not an emergency, right? You know, trying to be more proactive and yeah. doing that daily, mm -hmm. weekly, you know, and yearly, mm -hmm. you know, to where you just go away. And again, that's the discipline of abstinence. It's removing mm. all those things. Um, because like we talked about, there's so many voices, there's so much noise, there's so much information. Um, and the Bible says over and over repeatedly about God that, it, that, in the still small voice, you know, 
And it's amazing that, you know, when, when Moses wanted to see God's face and God said, you know, I won't, you can't see my face, but I'm going to hide you here. And then, you know, the thunder, the earthquake, all that stuff is what scares us. But the moment Moses hit his face is when the quiet came. Mm. That's when he knew I'm in the presence of God and he couldn't, he had to, you know, hide him in a cleft of a rock. Um, because that whisper came, mm-hmm. you know, um, well, what if that's what God is? I mean, obviously God's more than that, but we always look to the loudness of mm-hmm. God. It's like, no, no, no. God's found in the quiet. Yes. You know, absolutely. That's where you see him. That's why in the abide guide, it starts out with two minutes of silence and ends with two minutes of silence. Mm-hmm. It's not an extended trip somewhere and three days in a cabin, but try two minutes of silence when you wake up. It's, yeah. it's hard. It's hard. Yeah. When we did this as a staff, as we went through the EHS, you know, study, which we're starting to incorporate into the life of our church. They have a 40 day, you know, guide, you know, that we all went through and, and yeah, the two minutes, I remember when we first started that, I was like two minutes, that's crazy. And then the more we did it, the two minutes felt like two seconds. And it's like, oh, dang it. I was just getting into resting in God. I was just like, I was just about, and then my alarm. Mm-hmm. And Pete, because Eric talks about that, like just start with two and then build up, yeah. you know, to 10 minutes, you know. And again, we think that's crazy, um, but it's necessary, mm-hmm. you know. And again, we will never grow. I, like I said earlier, we can't make ourselves grow. But we will never grow if we're not doing the things we can do. Mm-hmm. So the abstinence part, that is the thing we can do. Yeah, that's one of the things we can do. You know, we can make moments of silence. We can fast. We can, I mean, and Dallas has several things here. Solitude, you know, uh, he even gets into like, um, y- you know, secrecy, abstaining from like bragging about our good deeds, you know, which again, that's what social media is a lot of times. Yeah. Um, sacrifice, you know, uh, I'm, I'm going to go without this good thing mm-hmm. like food, yeah. uh, but it might be more than that, yeah. you know? So yeah, the categorically two categories, the discipline of abstinence is things I'm taking out and the discipline of engagement is things I'm engaging in. Mm-hmm. So that second category is that's where, um, reading our Bible worship, which we know worship is way more than singing, but obviously it includes that, sure. you know? And so, yeah, the discipline of, of singing a worship song of studying, you know, of serving, of gathering with the people of God, you know, we live in such a busy culture where everybody says, I don't have time to do those things. Well, you would have time if you removed the other things. That's right. You know, so that's why it starts with removing mm-hmm. those things and then replacing. Mm-hmm. So removing and replacing. Yeah. I, I laid out that stat two hours and 45 minutes on average on social media. Yeah. During the Christmas break. And it sounds like a long time. But, you know, you wake up, you're sitting in the living room, you're having coffee for 45 minutes, you're scrolling on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Middle of the day, you're taking a break, you're eating lunch, you're scrolling on Twitter. Yeah. You're winding down from the day. Yeah. You're scrolling on Twitter. It, it, it adds up. And when 
when you consider the amount of time it takes to do that, and then how long can you spend with God? Yeah. They were like, yeah, like five minutes seems like crazy. Yeah. 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 So the abide guide is set up for you to, um, to learn how to do this, mm-hmm. uh, to take two minutes of silence, to read a verse, to ask specific questions. Now we've, we've done that for you in this, yeah. but you can give somebody some fish to eat or you can teach them how. Teach them how. Yeah. So that's the whole thing. Yeah, and we talked about that, and you you made a point of that in the message. Is like, yeah, we we've given you these verses. First, we taught you what reap was. You know, read, examine, apply, pray, questions to ask. Then we gave you the daily things, which is basically you reaping those things. But we want to teach people because people are different levels. Some people are like, oh, I'm just going to read what David wrote about this verse. But the goal is to start doing that yourself. Yeah, to start engaging in that. Another thing that Dallas said that I thought was so great when I first got saved, I don't know what it was like for you, but in my, you know, East Texas, Southern Baptist life, it was all about quiet time, quiet time, quiet time. That's what I heard. But Dallas made a good point. He's like daily quiet time is really like kind of shallow. He said, that's like trying to take a shower one drop at a time, you know, uh, one drop of water at a time. So, his philosophy was he was less concerned about this daily five minutes or 10 minutes and taking times throughout the week where you really immersed yourself. Mm -hmm. And again, we're not saying daily is bad, right? There's the daily office, you know, taking those minutes, but it would much, it would be better for us if we took five minutes a day and just were quiet, build that rhythm into our life. And then when we start building that up, then take, Try to get to 20, 30 minutes where we're where we're spending time really studying, like with a verse. Um, like, you know, the day one was Psalm one, you know, really getting okay, what is let me read this about this tree that's planted by the stream. What does that mean? What does that look like? Um, how can I plant myself beside again? That's the what can I do mm-hmm. to get the nourishment, you know. Well, if I really dig into that, well, I can do that for, I can lose myself in that process for 20 minutes. No problem. Right. But if I just have this daily quiet time, I'm just skimming over the verses then I'm never really digging in no. and getting deep. Um, and I think that's what a lot, that's why so many of us live shallow lives mm-hmm. because we never spend time to actually go past the surface in these words. Yeah. There, there's nothing wrong with a daily devotional. No. But, but you're you're reading what somebody else has written. Exactly. You're reading what someone else thought about that verse. Right. You're not reading the verse yourself mm-hmm. um, and letting the Holy Spirit work in you. Um, now, again, it's important to know what other people have said to make sure you're not off base. Sure. You know, like, well, I got this out of the verse. Well, that's wrong. That's not, you know, that's not there. That's not there. <laughs> but, again, we trust the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. for you to actually take time to sit with it and have him speak to you. And that's that engagement part, mm-hmm. you know? Mm. Um, and when you start doing that, and of course I can say this cause I, you know, preach and I have to do this as my job, but my favorite days of the week are times where I do that. Mm. I'm just with the word of God digging into it. I love it. Um, and the weeks that I don't preach like last week, I miss it. Because I'm not 
digging in. And I'm still reading the Bible, but it's when I'm really digging in to those verses and engaging with it that it has this immersive effect on me, you know? Yep. Willard has a, a, a word wrapping up the, the two things, taking things out and putting things in. When we are putting things in, when we are uh, doing the disciplines of engagement, all of it comes under the word submission, mm-hmm. uh, which gets a bad rap in, in our world. But he says it frees us from the burden where do you think that comes from? Yeah. <laughs> Frees us from the burden of having our own way and being wise in our own eyes. Yeah. That's huge. Yeah. <clears throat> because so so often we will even get into the act of our quiet times. Yeah. And be wise in our own eyes. And and to not submit to giving God all of our burden. Yeah, <clears throat> giving him ourself, and that's the that's the thing is, again, spiritual disciplines are again doing what we can do to enable what we can't do. Well, what can I not do? I can't carry my own burdens. Mm-hmm. I can't carry the weight of my own words. And what and what I mean by that is, if life is up to me. If it's up to what I think is going to happen, um, you know, if, if if this church is dependent upon my words, mm-hmm. then that puts a huge burden on me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in marriage, if my spouse's happiness is on me, I can't bear that burden. You know, if my kid's um, spiritual life is on me, I can't handle that. So... What people don't understand by about submission, like what you're just talking about, is how freeing it is. Um, because now I'm not the one that's having to make that decision. God is. Mm-hmm. It's it's like I remember when I was a kid and I, when I first trusted Jesus and I wanted to live, you know, more righteously. My friends would call me and ask me to do something that I knew I didn't want to do. Right. I didn't honor God. This is back when we had home phones, and so. I would, I would take the phone and I would say, Hey mom, I'm about to ask you a question, but say no to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then I would pick up, pick up the phone. I'm like, Hey mom, can I go here into such and such's house and do whatever? And she would say no to where my friends could hear her saying no. I'm like, Oh dude, sorry. My mom said no. Um, well then it made it easy mm-hmm. because it was my mom's authority. Mm-hmm. I didn't have to carry the burden of telling my friend, no, my mom right. said no. Well, that's freeing. And that's what I think the modern mind or the the mind without Christ doesn't understand. It's like, oh no, ultimate freedom is me. Again, I, I'm the captain of my own fate. I'm you know the master of my own soul. We all heard those things. Actually, that's slavery. Hmm. Slavery is it's all dependent upon me. Um, so therefore, I have to work and perform, or it's all going to fall apart. Freedom is no. All I have to do is rest in the one whom it's all on. That is so good. Uh, it was ambitious to think that we would get to 50 minutes uh, in, day, oh, wow. in, We're at 50 minutes. in in day two of a yeah. fast. Uh, but I do want you to end with something that you shared uh, in our all staff meeting this morning. Uh, the two ways to be encouraging to others who are fasting. Uh, you you said um, be encouraging. Yeah. And um, 
and don't cause anybody to stumble. Could you just kind of elaborate on those things? Yeah, I was just telling our staff, because, you know, even in our staff, people are fasting from different things, you know, from coffee, from food, from all foods, from certain type of foods. And so the point was, is like, hey, be be aware of what other people are doing. If someone's fasting from meat, you know, don't sit there and eat in front of them. You know, don't go to some chicken nuggets and be like, oh, these are so good. Um, because you're not helping your brother out. And and then two, it's like whatever they are doing, encourage them. Yes. In that. Encourage them um if if they're not fat, you know, there's been times where I've I've fasted from all foods. You've done that. When it's just liquids and you you come to the office and you see other people and they're not fasting like you are, you're like, you suckers. Like, <laughs> oh, don't you you know. And you want them to kind of match your what you feel like is your spirit. Mm-hmm. Like you're not as holy as me because you're not fasting from as much. Well, if that's your thought, then quit fasting because you just ruined it. Right. The point is not to be the person who sacrifices the most, mm-hmm. you know, um, you know, like, Oh, I'm holier than you. Cause I've given up all this stuff. The point is whatever you want most, that's what you need to fac- sacrifice from. That's what you need to fast from. Amen. And like for my daughter, Natalie, you know, we joked years ago and I said this, like she was going to fast from vegetables and it's like, well, you don't even eat vegetables. <laughs> but this year, one of the things she's fasting from is Gardettos because she loves those. Yeah. Um, well, I need to encourage that in yeah. her. Yes. And be like, hey, baby, that's right. That's good. You need to fast from that. It's tough. She's fasting mm-hmm. from sugar. Mm-hmm. I'm, um, with, I'm with you, Natalie. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, be encouraging to others and what they're doing and and then be sensitive you know, to, um, they may be fasting from something different from you and you want to not flaunt your freedom right in front of them. Mm. Excellent. Excellent. That is a great, uh, way to end today's podcast. As always, if you want a transcript of today's podcast, write down everything we, we said. said and write down forehead, far. try to, try to spell forehead. <laughs> 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 uh, there, there are a few people that go to our church that are from the Philadelphia area. And they and understand. They, and we all sound alike. Yeah. <laughs> um, anything else you'd like to talk about? I think we've done it okay. enough. All right. Yeah. Okay. End it with the most practical thing we could ever do. Yeah. Trust God and take a note. Amen. We'll see you next time. <laughs>